What's up, everybody? My name is Billy Anderson, and I am your host for the podcast called Conversations About Content. This is our first podcast, um, and really, this is an extension of our events that we've been hosting uh, here in, um, well, the first one was in Turlock. Our next one here, February 19th, is going to be at Venus Fitness here in Modesto, so we're really excited about doing this. We're creating a community of creatives, brands, entrepreneurs, leaders in our community that are doing some great things. And today I have the privilege of sitting down with my very good friend, Matt Foster. And Matt's right now working with a lot of brands and helping them grow and scale their operations to help maximize not only profit, but really maximizing their brand's efficiency and being able to build a brand um, based upon value and culture and you know, really building something of true value. And so Matt and I get into some great topics today. We talk about um, mistakes companies are making, simple things they can do to um, uh, improve their efficiencies as a company, uh, going on insights on, on how to uh, make sure that your social media strategy is working and how to make sure uh, that you are building a community for your brand and building that inclusion so you can become a brand like Supreme and those where they have this, this cult-like following. And so we go into topics like that. Uh, we also talk about a topic that's very close to my heart, which is you know health. And so we really get into health and how that plays a role in, our, uh, in the entrepreneurial lifestyle. So guys, I hope you like this episode. It's gonna be a great episode. Um, I can't wait for this series um, and our next event. February 19th, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and get in today's podcast with Matt Foster. Right, I'm gonna do one quick test. Test one, two, three, go ahead and just do test. All right, test, test one, two, three, what's going on? All right, everybody, what's going on? I'm here with Matt Foster. This is Conversation About Content, episode number one. Matt, thanks for being our first guest. Hey, thanks for having me on, Billy. Perfect. Well, um, so for those of you that don't know Matt, uh, Matt has become one of my good friends, actually, uh, through a way of one of the reasons I, I really wanted to have him on this episode was this guy is like a natural born communicator, connector, networker, and he came into GoFresh probably about a, not even a year ago. Yeah. Two he, years ago or something. Was it that long? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. It, yeah. I didn't realize it was so long ago. So <laughs> Matt came in, connected with me, and, you know, and immediately we just, we, 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 uh, we bonded and became friends and. Uh, Matt's just a natural born hustler, connector, communicator, um, great at, at helping people figure out their problems and just an amazing salesman. And, and Matt, I mean, I'm sure you, your, your, your resume looks a little bit different than the nice words I just said about you. But uh, tell us a little bit about what you're up to right now and like what, what, what it is that you kind of do on a day in, day out basis. So, All right. Hey, appreciate the awesome introduction there, Billy. So my name is Matt Foster. I run... Merchant M Products. So we basically do social media and consulting for businesses. I really like to get high touch. Um, I only work with a few clients at a time. I really get in on their business. Beyond the social media side of things, um, I make sure that their numbers are right. I make sure that they're paying their employees right if that needs to be raised or lowered. Uh, what's the fat in the building that needs to be cut off? What processes can be improved? Just overall business improvement from a management, from a sales perspective, uh, any way we can attack it, I'm in there getting in your face about it like a good friend would. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good statement right there. Hey, you know, only, only a good friend will tell you what you need to hear, uh, not what you want to hear, right? Yeah. So, so 
you know, it, one of the things that, that really interested me and why I wanted to have you on this first episode is a lot of times, just like what you're talking about, people struggle with cutting the fat. They struggle with seeing the fat. They struggle seeing the inefficiencies in their business. I, you know, I myself have uh, fallen prey to that like we were talking about before. Um, and, and, and sometimes you don't know until you know. And, and, and so it's great having you on the outside looking in. But for those companies that can't afford somebody like you, like what is it some, sometimes some of the areas, if you can generalize this for businesses, that companies maybe overspend or just waste money in? Okay, so first spot is usually at the door. Sometimes the place that you're renting is a little bit too expensive. And I know sometimes I come in a little too late to change that. You have a three to five year lease and you can't get away from that. But if you're in the process of starting a business where you're getting into a physical location, really pay attention to what your numbers are going to be from day one and compare that to what you're paying for the rent out the door. That is usually going to be one of your biggest liabilities and make sure that you can keep that door open. Uh, 100%. I mean, if you can't, can't pay your rent that's I mean that's your break even and I think that's something that for I mean for two years I had no understanding of like how to do a break even how my break even reward what you know what was I even having to spend money on where was the money going every month as long as there was money coming in I didn't really pay attention to it you know we yeah. we pretty much operated like the bank account was the budget yep and um, and, and, a, and a lot of entrepreneurs look at it that way uh, I learned that from an excellent book called profit first which is the bank account method you roll into your bank account oh I got money in there I can spend and then another day you look at it oh I don't have any money in there I need to cut costs I need to cut people and it's just a terrible way to run your business you end up making suboptimal decisions all the time due to a number that's actually not even true in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you got that bump on your arm and you're like, ah, I'm not going to go to the doctor's. <laughs> My arm seems like it's working fine. Yeah, and yeah. That, you know, it's like better to not know than know. And sometimes that's how we treat our businesses. Um, well, that's how some people do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way we shouldn't treat our business. Yeah. But, you know, we, and we can all personal eat. finance yep. too. You know, we, yep. we, we, I mean, this, this, is, this can go on both ends of the business or the personal finances, understanding, you know, how much can you actually afford in your home? You know, can you afford your home? You know, 100%. And, and knowing all the numbers, knowing every little bit that's coming out of the ship, yeah. um, a bunch of tiny holes leads to you sinking. Yeah. So you've got to figure out what those tiny holes are. Even if that's 30 bucks a month to $2,000 a month, you need to know where is it going in every single spot in the ship. Yeah. So when, when you're coming in and working with a business uh, and, uh, you know, most of these topics we'll, we'll try to generalize as much as possible. So you know, kind of kind of broaden. Most of the people we're talking with, or most of our community, is a lot of individuals that are, are either service based or brick and mortar type businesses. Not a lot of like e-com only businesses that we're dealing. With, you know, in, in the conversation about um, content community here in the Central Valley. So so addressing like from a a standpoint of somebody walking in the door, uh, what are things that businesses are maybe failing to maximize their their maybe their retail space and things like that like how can companies make more per square footage when they've already gone past that that threshold of signing the lease so i've signed the lease maybe i'm in my head or in over my head a little bit how do i maximize that space to to bring more profits yeah well what are some some suggestions as far as like first walking in the door i'd actually take the conversation a little bit of different direction with the employees that you already have or even if it's just a one-man show greeting the customer when they first come through the door is one of the most important things the worst thing that you deal with as a customer is when you walk in somewhere 
they have their back turned to you and and not even to mention, hey, I'll be right with you. It takes two seconds, but it puts you as a customer at ease to know that you are important to what's going on. And if you can replicate that on a day in and day out basis, that customer service is one of the biggest spots to actually improve profit in your business is that every customer is greeted. Every customer knows that, you know, they're in the system that we know that they're there and they're going to be handled correctly and taken well, care of. Every customer matters. And, you know, at GoFresh, I know we have a, our philosophy. It's like creating wow through service. Like we want somebody to come in and go, wow. Yeah. Regardless of, we could, they could have enough for zero food, but to go, wow, that was great service. They answered my questions with a friendly, you know, a friendly uh, tone. They were smiling. They, you know, they were, they were intelligent about what they were talking about. They understood what the product is. Uh, and they greeted them. That's one yeah. of the, I mean, easiest things you can do is give great service. Yeah. I can't dictate whether or not you like my product. Yeah. Whether you whether you're gonna buy or not, I can't. Maybe my product's too expensive, doesn't taste good, whatever. But I can control the experience you get when you're in there, and, yeah. and that's and it's an easy form of marketing. And, and, and for us, I feel like it's sometimes like, oh yeah, duh, common sense. But common sense is not I common practice. So, 100, <laughs> percent um, you know, customer service focus on training your employees, or if it's just you. Um, do what you have to do to have your energy up to be able to provide that best experience to every customer. That's the only way you're going to be able to keep the prices at the at the level that you want them to be at and for customers to be out there on the street actually raving about your business organically. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, if you kind of piggyback off what you just said about your prices, if you're not if you're not even giving the service to the price that you're currently at, if you're a service-based company, yes. you know, you're never going to be able to raise those prices to be able to offer more because you're not even offering enough now. Yeah. So, you know, I, I talk this about talk to people all the time that if you're going to raise your prices, you have to increase the, the value that you're giving them some way or another. And, and that involves being strategic. So, so I think what you're trying to ask right now too is that's something you actually have to sit down and figure out. If you are in a service-based industry break down the process of the experience that you're actually offering and create different levels of it. Oh. If, if you want a more expensive version of it, that people have the option to take the best of the best, the creme de la creme, then you got to figure out every step, how that works, how much time that's going to take and what it costs you on each step of the way to provide that experience so that you can do maybe less customers, but every single customer gets a way better experience and they're happy to pay the higher dollar amount. Oh, that's a hundred percent. You know, I think, I think the, the one thing about brick and mortars, you know, so often people, and, I, and I, when I say people, I mean people from the outside looking in the business industry typically say, oh, brick and mortar is dead. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, these lofty leases uh, are, 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 you know, are hurting businesses in certain areas. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard that quite a few designer brands are leaving Melrose because the, the lease cost is too yeah. high. And then yeah. they want them to sign a five-year lease. Like, dude, these brands aren't going to move in there and... and and who knows if they're going to be there in five years. And nowadays with how fast the world's changing, how do you know what's going to happen in five yeah. years? You don't even know what your business is doing five years from now nowadays. Exactly. And so, you know, the possibility of something like a micro lease and things like that is, is great and I, I think would be phenomenal for retail. But but in the sense of most people looking from the outside, looking in, they, they think it's dead uh, or, or hurting. And I think that it has the potential to thrive if properly properly done. And I think what we're talking about right now with the in-store experience or the in-company in, in business or experience is so key. And you know, look at Amazon is now creating these Amazon Go's because they want to create a better experience. Yes. 
And so they're doing it with the cashless and it's just, you know, this automatic, you just walk out, you know, you get the app, you scan in you go in, you leave and yeah. they charge you. And so yeah. they want to create a different experience. And so obviously we can't do that. That's extremely expensive. And you're there even testing it, but like with companies creating their different in-store experiences, customer service, um, and changing how a, a customer goes from walking in to purchasing the products. Um, what are some other ways other than just service and maybe building these packages that, that companies can look at expanding their business? Is it like adding products, adding retail, if they're a, if they're a service-based business, you know, changing the flow of how products are laid out? Like what are, what are some, some things that you can... Yeah, so those, that's the fun part of what we get to do is uh, sit down and strategize on all those levels. Uh, white labeling, uh, having an in-house brand is really important. It, in most service-based industries, you can find a way to whatever products you use on your customers or with your customers or that they buy, you can find a way nowadays easily to produce that yourself. So finding a way to create your own brand within the other brands that you sell um, if you want to be able to stay in business. Um, another way to go is being the undeniable rock star in every search query that a potential customer could look at you. So that's one of the biggest areas that I focus on is that whether they're walking in for the first time, whether they're looking on LinkedIn, Google reviews, Yelp, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, no matter where they come to you, undeniably you are the number one, number two in your niche. Um, and What's easy about that is that not everyone can be everywhere. So if you find a way to pick up on some of the weak areas, say you're a haircut uh, spot and you have tons of great customers, but you notice that you only have five Yelp reviews and six Google reviews, you can go real hardcore on finding a way to ask for that from your customers in the chair while they're still there yeah. and pump that up and all of a sudden you're the number one on Yelp and number one on Google just by putting a little bit of effort there in a super saturated market like barbershops or salons. hundred percent. That, that, that is absolutely, you have to get creative. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we, I, I had somebody coming into one of our stories and they were like, yeah, you know, this other guy, he asked all his friends, all his clients to, to leave them reviews. And he's like, I don't think they were genuine. So I, I don't like asking people to do that. Yeah. And I was like, but if you give good service, it's not wrong. If you're giving bad service and you're like, hey, you know, like mm -hmm. give me some reviews and, and they're like, or they're not even people going to you. That's one thing. But, but even still, it's about creating that attention and giving yourself that platform uh, and being creative yeah. about getting that ask. Yeah. Well, especially and, like you said, being in the chair still. Yeah. And, and breaking up the marketing. Marketing can be broken up into different levels of pies of entertainment, education, occasionally asking for the sale. Um, uh, someone said it the other day and it's basically, no one ever says, hey honey, I'm going on Facebook, you want me to get you something? So, you know, you gotta think about your social media strategy that people are being influenced by it, but not necessarily going straight for the buy right from your social media. So create a plan that uh, caters to that. All right, all right. Sorry guys, if you guys hear, uh Chitter chatter of nails running around. That's my dog in the background, so I do apologize. Uh, but uh, all right, so so moving a little bit forward from from the experience aspect, moving into like marketing and um, and that. So we talked about you know not just asking for the sale all the time, creating different types of content, uh, educational. Like obviously we talk a lot about that in conversation about content. But as far as 
budgeting and financials and marketing. What what is it that you look at where people are are or are spending money? Are are are, are people looking at marketing when you come into a company? Are typically people looking at it as an investment or are they looking at it as an expense? Um, it depends on the business owner. It also depends on the age demographic. If they're usually a little bit older, um, they're looking at it as an expense, especially when it relates to social media. Like, eh, you know, like billboards still make sense to them. Uh, newspaper advertisements. They know that they should be on social media. But when it comes down to trusting where their dollars go, I think they think of social media as an expense, not as a necessary in uh, staying alive. Um, Very interesting how people look at that, and I, and 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 maybe maybe it's like you said, it, when it, especially when it's older people, maybe it's because that newspapers they don't really give you metrics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's like oh, it goes to 250 households. Or two. All right, so metrics. Um, everybody's on Instagram, so let's go there. Instagram, you can have a business profile on your Instagram, and insights is a really good way to look at your basic metrics. You can see how many people clicked on your websites. You can see what countries you're most popular in, what age demographic you're at, how many impressions you're making. And what's really good is if you're paying attention to those numbers week in and week out, as you do stories, as you do lives, as you do posts, Instagram loves when you interact on every level that you can with the platform. So you will see some of your organic reach open up and you will see those metrics grow. Um, we can get we can do an hour conversation on metrics, but that's a good basic yeah. one to start. All right. Well, yeah. Make make sure that you're actually growing. Making sure that people are actually interested in this. Yeah. So I know you talked a lot about people going to their websites. So I want to give a shout out to one of our uh, our sponsors for our next event, Project Two Hundred Nine Media. Make sure you check them out for your next website. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug. Mm, yeah. But yeah. So um, you know, looking at that. So now we have. Okay, we understand. Hey, look, we've got the metrics. We can see if this is engaging. So one of the most important things, especially right now in how Instagram is laid out. I think Instagram is going in a very interesting way. Engagement is down. People are kind of freaking out like what's going on. How, I, I've talked to a lot of people that have huge followings that are not only losing followers, but they're just losing momentum on their pages. And they're like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And really, we're losing engagement from like, Bullshit. Like, yeah. not people that are really part of our community. So, understanding, hey, we actually have this community of people that are following potentially the brand. And so, as we develop our brand, really, only a brand is only a brand by the people that are surrounding it. Like, 100%. You know, the customers, the community. Like, Supreme has this this loyal following, yeah. this community. Yeah. So, so, what are some ways that companies can build community? for their brand, build a community of people following their brand. What are, what are some ways? One, one creative way that I suggested to a company that I work with right now, and you'll start seeing it with them over there is take questions because he gets questions all the time. So take questions all during the week and then have a set time where you go live once a week and you answer all questions that were submitted during the week. So it's a really good way that gets people to kind of tune in and then that live is available for 24 hours so they can watch it anytime within that 24 hours that you do it. But it really shows that you care. Like sometimes you can't answer all questions as they come in, but if you give one period of time in a week where you answer it, it builds a community around that. Uh, for example, my buddy Valentin, he's an excellent barber. He runs a great barber shop called the Barber Club in Turlock and there's another location in Atwater. And... 
Um, that's something that I suggested that they do. They get questions from young barbers all the time wanting to know specific things about tapers, fades, how to run their book of business, how to increase their clients, how to become a licensed barber. So, you know, one of the suggestions that I handed over to him was collect those questions during the week and do a live once a week and you will build community around that. And then, you know, the further out spot from there is doing a podcast like this, et cetera, et cetera. So for people that do this, so one, I mean, you're, you're, you're basically saying, I'm going to teach people how to be my competition in, in, in some ways. I, and and I, I think this is a phenomenal strategy, but like what happens when people say, well, but I, what if I'm, I literally am building my competition? What, what I mean, because you're answering questions of how to build a book of business and how to do some things about doing that. Well, we know, first of all, that a majority of people ain't going to do shit. <laughs> That, that is it right there. That, and and uh, sorry if there's no cussing on here. No, there's one, we have, We've been really clean, actually. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's a crazy. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, but straight up, like, I could give advice until my lungs fall out, and maybe 5% of people will actually take action on it. So, with that being said, you don't really have to be too worried about giving away a lot of stuff because, one, people aren't going to do it anyways. And secondly, they're not you. So you already have your own version of a momentum ball rolling. You giving up advice and being able to collaborate with people actually just makes you stronger. And giving away your best stuff for free keeps forcing you to level up because then whatever is proprietary is actually worth more. So give it away. Give it all away as much as you can for free. And then the stuff that actually is proprietary that it's worth going in depth for because you don't want to just waste your breath, um, charge up. Well, I mean, you know, I think people also, it's like we can watch a criminal investigation show, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be a criminal investigator. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people like to follow along because it's a story. Yeah. And so when you're giving info away, they're like, wow, that's, that's really cool. That's interesting. Like yeah. that people sometimes are interested in just you just want the to know. process, you yeah. know, and, and, and that's really it. Like, I mean, I follow people on social media that are actually just entertaining because of what they do on their day in day out basis, I'm like, that's a fucking badass job. Like, yeah. I mean, if I could follow around Elon Musk and like watch what he does throughout the day, yeah, that'd be I, hell yeah, phenomenal. That, you know, yeah. we'd, and, we'd pick up something. And it's not because I want to go become the next Tesla, but on top of that, even if that was my my goal was to dominate or beat Tesla, he's so far ahead and he's Elon Musk. I can't play it. I can't catch up because I don't have his thought process. So. Like you said, most people aren't going to do it. Even if I was trying to do it in a malicious way, there's no way I would ever do it. So. And and the other tangent to all this, and we both have talked about this quite a bit that Gary Vee gets into, which is most people kind of undervalue themselves that, oh, my day-to-day is boring. Nobody's going to be interested in what I do. So if I make content, parentheses, uh, it needs to be some like high-end production, well thought out. And it's like, no, actually just... If you put out on a regular basis what you do day to day, like the six-year-old kid that makes $11 million a year unboxing toys um, because he's six years old and that's what he's into. If he can do that, then you can kind of do whatever you're into, but be be the number one in whatever niche that you're actually into. You know, be the rock star of your your niche. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, you don't have to get this high-end production. I mean, obviously, we're sitting here with very low-end production, but... You know, I like the the camera that we both have in our pocket is yeah. better than most cameras. You. All right, 
sorry for that little cutout there. We're still learning all the equipment. But um, anyway, so really getting into the last part, Matt, this, this has been a phenomenal conversation. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, one thing that's overlooked, I feel like, is a, a lot of times the, the complete package of being a healthy human being. I, I, I like to look at life as, as a, a bicycle wheel and, you know, each area is a spoke. And if you don't have everything working, um, it's, it's, it, it's not going to roll right. And I know recently you've been really gotten on a health kick. Yeah. How much has that changed your day in and day out? Energy, focus, mental clarity? Oh, it's changed the game, Billy. Um, so for me, one of the things that I believe as you know, a salesperson, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, man, it's, it's sometimes just how much pain you can take in a positive way, just straight up. And so when you're on your physical best, I believe that you can handle pain effectively, whether that's stuff coming out of the sky, employee stuff, uh, you know, your industry changed, the regulation changed overnight, all of a sudden everything's 400% more. Um, sometimes really going to the gym and putting those workouts in uh, and going hard at it, it's really helped me because that's actually the hardest part of my day. Everything else is manageable. So do you use it as a as like like push yourself mentally too when you're in the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really try to use the Jocko Willink approach, which is you know if we feel like we're at the tail end of what we think we can do, we're usually at about forty percent. So let's go, let's go a little bit more. That's and you know, gym being one half of that equation, you know, good sleep being another, uh, drinking enough water, and then also eating healthy food. And I'm a guy that's super busy all the time, so. I'm kind of a half and half. Half of the time I make my own food and then half of the other time instead of just eating out or eating on the go, which usually you can't always be sure what's in there, I'm picking up meals from a place like GoFresh or, you know, an alternative. Thank you for the, the plug. Hey, you got, you got it, man. Hey, we're, we're here to speak honest about what we do in our actual, actual lives. So, the yes, the physical side of things I've been able to handle a lot more and it just mentally I'm clear. I'm able... I have a different emotion and a different priming toward how I handle situations and I'm able to come in on businesses and have the energy to really get down to the root causes, whether they're actually a business problem or an actual psychological problem that's blocking them from their success. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think one thing that's, that's really cool about what you've done, because I've, you know, I've been able to watch it through Instagram, is you do a lot of running. You, do, you don't just go to the gym. Nope. And, and I think... I, I, well, I, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of that's because of your schedule. Sometimes you don't have time to go to the gym, so you, you make it work. Yep. And, yep. and I think that's one thing that so many people, and I know myself included, have used as excuses like, I don't have time. But there's always time to do something, even if it's going for a walk, doing some push-ups, doing something to be active yeah. on a day-in and day-out basis really, really helps clear it up. So. My grandpa always uh, kind of spoke to this, which was, uh, I never really saw him in the gym, but he always found a way to move every day. Oh, and he's a pretty healthy 87-year-old oh. at this point. Still functioning, still driving, still thinking and reading and writing and communicating. And, um, you know, shit, if, uh, if that's what he says, then you got to listen up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, if, if, obviously we're young. We're, we're young, but like we're younger, you know, mm -hmm. but like. Sometimes people overlook it and then when they get in their later 40s or 50s or 60s when maybe more issues are happening, that's going to slow down their productivity. Oh, yeah, I feel good now. But it's a you know health is a compounding thing. Next thing you know, you're overweight, you have these other issues. 
And that's going to slow you down from your productivity. Yeah. Whether or not you feel it now, eating McDonald's, eating those types of things. And that's what happened to me and why I got so into, you know, focused on health was I was eating like shit. Yeah. I was going through drive throughs all the time. And I just remember, I mean, I used to have a 40-inch waist. And, and I mean, to some people, they're like, what the hell, that's not that big. But for me, that normally walks around with a 32, that was like a big increase quick. And I mean, you know, I was a college athlete and going to that, like, that was like, oh my God, like, what, yeah. what the hell's happening? Yeah. And so... Um, there's, there's, it's, it's the beginning, right? My, I was sluggish. I woke up sluggish. You want to wake up ready to roll, ready to rock from yeah. the moment you wake up. If you wake up with a phone call and you need to go make something happen, yeah. you got to be ready to rock. Yeah. So. And being in your physical best means that you can put out fires, that you can handle things and also that you can enjoy your life a lot more, um, just straight up if you're fit then when you're done on the working side of things and it comes time to spend time with your kids and your significant other that time isn't lost due to you just feel so brain fog and tired that you can only sit down and watch the warriors game that's a phenomenal uh, phenomenal thing <laughs> can't 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 not watch the warriors game yeah 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 but uh play with your kids exactly exactly <laughs> well you know i think another thing that's important as, as an entrepreneur too it's it's also understanding that mental health is an important aspect as well and you know making sure that you're taking time for yourself and i think the gym is an important escape or running yeah. is nice for your mind to just get free to like have just some music playing but to not you know not have your phone in your face it's just like nice to kind of get away and give yourself that that personal time so um yeah matt i this has been been a great time i really appreciate you being our first guest um you know in closing what are some closing tips that you want to leave our guests with all right, guys. So life is short. Um, you got you to gotta get to it. Whatever it is that you've been thinking about, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you find yourself curious about on a regular basis, just look into it. Um, nowadays, there's so much at hand. It can, it, you can kind of get a little lost about what you want to do or what you think you should do with your life. But I would go back to yourself, which is, you know, what has come up again and again that you're curious about and really dive into that. And if you decide to make a business out of it or go for it, then really give it your all. Um, you just really don't have the time to half-ass it. hundred percent. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate you coming out today and, and, yeah. and, and being our first guest. So this will be a, hopefully a legendary podcast for us. We'll see you at the Conversation About Content event uh, in, what, like three weeks, uh, February 19th? 100, 100%. Episode, awesome. episode one, Billy. It's only yeah. going up from here. Sweet. Awesome, Matt. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And guys, thank you for listening to the first episode.